I'm Betsy Reed, and this is The Discomfort Practice, where I talk to creatives, activists, leaders, scientists, and a host of others about discomfort, about the role it's played in their lives, who they are and what they do in the world, and the value of discomfort in helping us move forward as a society. Discomfort is just the edge of your comfort zone, and on the other side are superpowers. So settle yourself in, and let's get uncomfortable. So today I am delighted to be joined in person by my friend Sophie Anderson. She's based here in Barcelona with me, and she is an upper cervical chiropractor, one of only 15 of her kind in Europe. She graduated in 2010 and set about doing what she believed chiropractic was supposed to be and worked in London. But she was suffering headaches, weekly horrible migraines, and recurring upper back and sacral pain. And she herself needed an adjustment every one to two weeks, basically just replacing a painkiller for a chiropractic adjustment. And she kept coming across these miracle stories of people with severe or chronic or even life-threatening conditions who'd had something called upper cervical chiropractic. So the long story short, she found her own personal and long-term relief through upper cervical treatment. And this fueled her to be one of only a handful of providers of this type of chiropractic care in Europe and dedicate her work to focusing on the brainstem and nervous system. We'll talk more about that because it is truly interesting. It's something I didn't know much about before I met Sophie. But also, she's a human design guide. We'll talk about human design a lot more in this interview, but it's basically a way of understanding our energetic body and individual type and serves as a map to stepping into what is truly us what our superpowers are, and how we're each meant to interact with the world. And I have to say, it's one of those things I've never questioned whether or not I believe in it, air quotes, because I remember sitting with Sophie over coffee one day and having her do a reading on what my type was, and suddenly my life just kind of made sense. So this year of quiet and lockdown has really been a way of learning to live my human design type. So I'm excited to touch on that. So in a nutshell, Sophie is an expert in alignment for both the physical and energetic body. And her clients, either chiropractic or human design, come to her because they're experiencing discomfort physically or energetically, and they want to feel better. And so I'm really excited to talk about alignment and discomfort, not just about the body, but about energy and being not aligned with who we truly are and how we can address that. So welcome, Sophie. Thanks, Betsy. I'm so excited. It's so cool to be interviewing someone actually face-to-face. You know, the whole idea behind the discomfort practice is about how discomfort is actually a call to come to the edge of our comfort zones and step beyond that and to find our superpowers. And in my experience, you are an expert in helping people find their superpowers or unlocking them or helping them to unblock whatever is in their way. Mm. So First question always, what is an uncomfortable moment personally that has changed your life? Well, that's a big one. There's been quite a few, I have to say. The one that's most related to what we're talking about today is those times that you've touched on when I was a chiropractor. I trained as a, you know, a regular chiropractor, was suffering a lot of regular migraines pain just felt really crappy all the time Mm. um and was receiving chiropractic giving chiropractic and I just felt like a fraud because I was like how is this possible that this thing I believe so strongly in and I know the body can heal itself and I'm not why is my body not healing I'm taking care of my nervous system I'm doing all the 
air quote, right, right things. Mm -hmm. And I'm not. So what, you know, needs to go on here. So it really led me to a whole bunch of questioning of what I was doing, what I believed in, who I was being as a chiropractor, how I was taking care of my people. And then that led me on this journey of, I guess, opening up, first of all, to the possibility that something else was possible or there was maybe another answer Mm. that was really uncomfortable for me in that moment because as a chiropractor you go to school for a long time yeah it's invested a lot in that approach right it's five years Mm. um it's a lot of hours you know you're doing really intense hours every single week there's a lot of exams it's high pressure and it was all I ever wanted it was like I'm going to be a chiropractor and then of course I'm a chiropractor and then a few years later I'm like I'm doing this and I'm giving this and I feel like walk you know death on legs basically Uh, and I'm so young yeah right in your 20s in my 20s yeah yeah. and then I was also at that time traveling around and being what we call a locum so covering loads of chiropractic offices seeing different ways of doing things Mm -hmm. I was traveling in my free time to lots of different places in the states and Spain and Australia and New Zealand and I started hearing about this thing this upper cervical way of doing things which I'd always heard a bit about but crazily enough Mm-hmm. we weren't I think we had one two-hour lecture in a, like a five-year degree <laughs> about how to adjust and take care of the upper cervical region just for anyone that's unsure the upper cervical region is the very top part of your neck in the junction between your head and and your and your body it's it's where we have what we call c1 and two the top two bones of the neck and we'd had this lesson and actually crazily enough I'd missed that two-hour lecture because I was <laughs> um hungover like so I hadn't even which is not you know something you really want to be admitting as a chiropractor but that was that's the truth it made sense so I went to learn about it and the first day I remember sitting there and he talked through um all of the physiology the neurology the anatomy everything and I just thought wow this makes all of the sense in the world. I love it. I want to, I want to receive this care. I want to learn how to give this care. Mm. Everything started changing for me in my body in a very, uh, you know, short time, a few months, but that was also uncomfortable. That process of breaking down all of what I had been doing and previous beliefs and saying, and, and recognizing that I wanted to do something different and had to re formulate I guess how I did that how I showed up as a chiropractor how I presented myself and then opening my office in Barcelona as a upper cervical office there's so many levels to that of of being uncomfortable realizing that what you trained in wasn't really fully aligned for you and also your physical discomfort yes and the process of getting into alignment was a it took a while Yes, it really did. probably challenged some relationships you had, some of your beliefs, the things you thought you were going to grow up and be. Yeah. But it's also an interesting illustration of how discomfort is often a call to do something different. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And that's exactly what, um, that's what, you know, my, my work is. That's why people come to me. And that's also why I have been fueled to make big shifts and changes during my Mm. lifetime and my career as well. Well, it's also a point about how we're not intended to live in discomfort chronically. There's something wrong if we're chronically in discomfort. We don't have to live in discomfort. You can seek to be aligned or in less pain. Yes. Chronic continual discomfort is not okay, but short-term discomfort, and let's just use this, you know, with the body, for example, 
one of the things I teach my people is that when we take care of you and your nervous system is restored to working correctly, please don't expect to never have pain and discomfort again. Mm. You actually need pain and discomfort. It's there as a very healthy sign that something needs to shift or change. Mm -hmm. And so when we have these little bursts, like something's going wrong in the knee for a short time, okay, well, that's giving me a message that's helpful. You know, body pain is more obvious. It calls our attention much quicker. And the energetic discomfort can sometimes really be there in like a low grade way for a really long time before we notice it or and get called to do something about it is that partly just because culturally we're not conditioned to look at our energetic body or just the physical is more demanding and mm. more immediate my sort of point of view on that is we get taught from a young age all about the body right all the time constantly told about what our body needs or doesn't need or what it should be like or look like or feel like or all of that stuff yeah. right But how often has anyone ever said to you, oh, hey, so you know what? Here's the manual to understand how your energetic body or your aura operates. Uh, (laughs) Like no one, (laughs) right? Which is why I think human design is so cool because it's kind of like having a manual or at least a guidebook to start understanding that side of our, ourselves mm. and definitely for me and my upbringing and the culture and everything it wasn't normal I didn't know what an aura was or what an energetic body was my great auntie she's an astrologer and she I mean my first reading of my natal chart for my 18th birthday um she's Argentinian she's woo woo and crazy and I love her (laughs) like crazy in a great way you know like different crazy like very different to my British upbringing but that was the first time anyone had ever really said anything about that kind of stuff for me Mm. um Mm. and she yeah it was still for me at that time it was very fringe you know we're both kind of woo woo we're into energetic body and energetics and aura but with the science mixed in as well. That's why I love that, you know, the human design. I wanted to ask as somebody who knows an awful lot about the nervous system, what happens when people are in chronic discomfort? Mm. You know, sort of going back to that, we're not meant to live in discomfort. Right. What actually happens to people's nervous systems and physical bodies? Right. If they're in chronic discomfort? Well, there's a couple of things that I, you know, see continually in my clients. First of all, so your nervous system has these two sides, which we all know about. We have that fight, flight side, survival, stress side. And then we have the other side, which is the, which is called technically the parasympathetic, but it's that calming, relaxing, resting, digesting side. We're understanding that most chronic issues, diseases are all coming back to some imbalance in the nervous system. Mm-hmm. Okay. Remember it's that chief system. It's it's the first system that's created as a fetus. It's controlling everything, even our heart. And so one of the main things that we see is that the nervous system is operating in this stress, survival, fight or flight state called a sympathetic state more often than not. And mm. it's and there's an imbalance, okay? And so in that state, the, the priorities are just survival. So we have higher blood pressures, we have higher heart rates, we have higher releases of adrenaline and cortisol. Everything else is kind of deregulated. So then things like the normal systems with our hormones, with our digestion, with our energy, with our how we're sleeping, all of that is kind of pushed to the side, plus any healing 
thing because of course in mm. the moment of survival it's about surviving not healing and fixing any you know issues or yeah. injuries because your and also your frontal cortex gets shut down the executive function shuts down right, right? so you're not making um new memories yeah, yeah? so you classic stress state oh i can't remember what happened yeah. you know during that period of my life or, right that's the extreme but that's often the precursor to the discomfort right because mm. it's not often what people forget is that the pain or the discomfort comes at the end. So, ah, so let's point. say that someone comes to me and they've been, oh, I've been one or two or three years with this issue. I'm always interested in looking at the five, 10, 15 years before, ah. because it's classically the body, the nervous system, the body, the brain, we're so resilient. It's so clever. It's so amazing. It's constantly adapting as best as it possibly can until it can no, no longer. Mm. Um, and we talk about the idea that we have this range of, uh, of adap adaptability, which is when we're, you know, we're born, traditionally it's very big, but over time that range can get reduced based on um, a lot to do with the structure of our our spine and if there's an issue in the upper cervical region that can put pressure on the brain stem and therefore reduce how easily it's connecting and just simply reduce that range of adaptability and so the range gets smaller and it gets filled up quicker because as we go through life and we have all these different traumas me mental physical um, and emotional then suddenly the nervous system is like I can't take anymore so it means discomfort is the end of the pipeline. There have been a lot of things that have led up to a deep level of discomfort that people then recognize, unless they're really tuned in, right? Right. And then it affects the way our brain functions, the way our, our entire nervous system, system functions. functions. Exactly. And then the yeah. other thing that happens that I see, someone comes, like you're coming to me and you're like, okay, so I have this neck and shoulder issue and headaches, right? And I'm checking their body and I'm checking their nervous system scans and all this stuff. And there's also loads of issue and stress happening in this other part of your body mm. and they're like no oh really I never I haven't realized I don't I don't know I don't feel it we start adjusting them we start allowing the nervous system to connect and the brain and the body to talk again and then suddenly they feel that discomfort that pain from that other area and they're like well I never had this issue before and it's like yes you did but what was happening was the nervous system was so overwhelmed and the brain wasn't receiving all the full messaging. So when they start to feel that area, we celebrate because, <laughs> wow. right? Because yeah. we're like, yay, because now the messages from that area, other area are connecting to your brain. That means your brain and body are talking. Yeah. And that means now your body can get back to doing what it's designed to do, which is fix and heal itself. Mm. So there's often this period of increased discomfort mm. after this initial chronic like whatever level that, that that discomfort is but when things start activating can often get worse for a short time as things start to connect because that has to happen for the healing it doesn't always happen some people don't yeah. feel it strongly but it's pretty common well, that's intense, but also a good reminder that sometimes it has to get worse before it gets better, but it's not worse. It's just that we're actually able to recognize it. Right. And anybody listening to this who's done shadow work right. or therapy or or even just gone to the gym a lot, right. you know, things hurt before <laughs> they get stronger and better and easier. This is the perfect moment to talk about human design then and to dive into the energetic body and the alignment and the issues that we encounter as people 
who are not aware of who we are. So yes, dive us into human design. What is it? Because I've been waiting to get to this point in this interview because I am so excited about human design because learning about it and knowing you has just been such a revelation and something that's really brought me into alignment with Mm. how I meant to live. And it has brought things to me. It has brought jobs and friendships and ending of things that weren't for me. And I, yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, I found out through uh, about human design through a podcast a few years ago. Yeah. Which one? It was the um, Jenna Zoe being interviewed with Lacey Phillips, which was a couple of years ago. And I heard what she talked about and I was like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense to me. And at that time in my life, I was, I'd come to Barcelona, I'd built this upper cervical practice. I'd done everything that I thought I should do to be a good human being, a good chiropractor, a successful person, um, all of the things you're supposed to do. And I was exhausted and miserable and just, yeah, (laughs) and just felt horrible. And again, another moment of feeling like fake and fraud and failing and what is going on? Like on the outside, everything's how it should be. And on the inside, I feel rotten. Mm. And what I'd learned through that podcast and when I looked up my own design, which everybody can do when they go to www.mybodygraph.com and you just use, you need to know your birth information and the closest birth time you can get because it does make a difference um, minute by minute. I found out that I'm what's called a generator. Now there's five different types of energy types or aura types. And so there's a generator, a manifesting generator, a projector like you, Betsy, Mm. which you know, manifestors and reflectors. And what's super cool about this is that the way that they're split up in in humanity just makes so much sense to me. So both the uh, generator and a manifesting generator have what we call their sacral center defined. So if anyone's done any yoga, then we've often heard about the sacral center, that center in the lower abdomen. Mm -hmm. It's one of the chakras Mm -hmm. and it's the, the area where we create life force workforce. And so when that's a defined find center in somebody's um, system. It's just able to be constantly, it's more of a constant uh, access we have to that energy. So, so what we call an MG, a manifesting generator or a generator can literally generate energy and workforce and life force when they're doing something that excites them. So it's like this motor that has this constant ability to just create more energy during the day. So as a generator, when I learned that I'm designed to do work I love and end the day with more energy than I started, I was like, well, hell, what's going on? Because (laughs) I do love Upper Cervical and I do love Barcelona, but I'm exhausted all the time. So what's happening, Mm. right? So those two are what we call the sacral beings, right? Because they have that sacral center defined. And then the other three are what we call the non-sacral beings, And the first one, and I should say that the generators and MGs make up about 70% of humanity. And then we have the projectors like you make up 20, 21, 22% of the population. And projectors don't have that sacral center defined. And their role or your role is actually more to be a guide. It's like the birds which are, you know, flying up in the sky and can see down and can see what's going on. And they have what we call 
an aura that's um, that can sort of penetrate into other people so they can see into others mm-hmm. and they actually can see others easier than they can see themselves oh, yeah like I have to talk things out to other people or just to myself to know what I think quite often this made sense to me so much sense to me where I'm like well I know strongly what I think but I need to talk it out with somebody because I it's reflected back to me right and that's what I need right and there's I mean and that's an important thing to know as well because there's lots of different things in each projector's chart that will help them understand how they are designed to know their truth and not just projectors all of our charts Mm. to know how we're designed to make decisions and know our truth but yeah projectors are there to be our guides and what I find really fascinating is what they're saying is that in the younger generations what the the babies that are being born the percentage of projectors is actually increasing because as humanity we need more guidance right we know that up until now we've not necessarily made the best choices as humanity (laughs) and so we need that guidance moving forwards then we have 8% roughly are the manifestors of the only type which are actually designed to initiate um, action. So probably what I found out on what I think you we've discussed this over our coffees and cinnamon um, buns <laughs> on numerous occasions is that we've been brought up to believe that if we want something and we want to go out and we, we have to go out and get it. We have to make it happen. We have to hustle. We have to push. And this was a huge revelation for me of like, oh, hey, I've been behaving as if I'm a manifester, but what I actually feel is like I'm pushing rocks up a hill 24 seven. And what I learned is as a generator, I'm designed to to what's called respond. And that is where my sacral is literally pulling in and magnetizing people and opportunities to me. And then I get to essentially choose which one I want to say yes to based on, do I get excited? Does my gut instinct tell me yes? Does my um, inner kind of motor, does that generator get turned on? Is it ready to do action? And then I have this great flow and abundance of energy and can absolutely do that thing. And then the last type that we want to touch on are the reflectors. And they're super special. We've got less than 1% of humanity are reflectors. And they traditionally would have been, we would have had one reflector in each community and they have all of their centers in their body, their chakra centers, or they're not chakra centers because we have nine in the human design chart instead of seven, but the energy centers open. So they're literally able to reflect back to the people around them what, um, what's going on. So if a reflector is happy and healthy, it's a reflector that the community that they're in or the group or the environment that they're in is happy and healthy reflectors are an amazing um type of person i I don't even know any do you know any reflectors i know two oh yeah they're a rare commodity yeah because there's also there's a strategy for each type and mine is wait for the invitation right and so in this year of enforced stillness i have really learned my strategy is So if I push for things, I meet resistance. And this was why human design suddenly made sense to me when you told me my type and started to talk me through my strategy, which is just, you know, I've experienced so often, I'll be in a meeting presenting something. And because I haven't really been invited to contribute Mm. that, it's like I'm not even talking. Mm -hmm. And then someone will inevitably pick up my idea, present it as their own, and just everyone will listen to them. But Yeah. yeah, that idea of if I'm not invited energetically or literally 
I might as well just go home. So it's been a beautiful time of learning to do the things that light me up and do the things that make me happy because then basically my job is to put my billboard in the world. Yes. And love that. wait for people to invite me in. So for example, this, this summer, my book was published and that has resulted in invitations to speak, invitations to lecture, yes. invitations to work with people who want what I am and what I offer. But if I pushed for those things, I would have ended up just beating my head against a brick wall because that's right. how I felt quite often Right, as a super hardworking girl from Wyoming, you know, yes. we're, we're cowboys. So the, the not self theme is also quite interesting. People, and probably a lot of people listening to this will be manifesting generators or generators. Yep. Um, so sort of what is the not self theme? So people can hear themselves here because some of you might be being like, what are you talking about? Yeah. But it's fascinating. So I think the not it's important to say that, you know, once we learn what our aura type is, we learn the strategy of how it's designed to be used, then the not self theme, which is just a bizarre name, but it just essentially these different sensations or emotions which give us, they're like goalposts, they're like guiding emotions that let us know when we are living in alignment mm -hmm. and when we are not living in alignment. So as a um, generator or a manifesting generator with that sacral center, when we are living in alignment and we are allowing things to come to us and then choosing things purely based on, yes, this is really exciting for me. And I really want to do this. This is a hell yes. We have a deep sense of satisfaction. We like to work. Like we want to work all day and yeah. doing stuff we love. We get in bed at the end of the day and we're like, oh yes, that just felt so good. I feel deeply satisfied because I've contributed and done something that I wanted to do. Right. And the opposite of that is the frustration. It's the, and frustration often shows up as feeling stuck as well for mm. a generator or an MG. It's like, I, you know, I want this thing to happen. I'm trying to push, but I don't know where to, it's that horrible stuckness. For a projector, we have the bitterness because as a projector, you have this incredible ability to know deeply things that other people won't know. But again, that has to be literally invited in or has to be recognized. So when you are recognized and people are like, well, this person, what they bring to the table is X, Y, and Z. And I want to know what, you know, about that, then the, the sensation or the theme or is success. So projectors automatically start to be successful when they are literally living in alignment of doing what lights them up, doing their thing. Like you said, putting up that billboard of like, this is who I am. This is what I have to offer. And people recognizing it and then asking for it, inviting it yeah. in. Right. Yeah. Um, for the manifestors, the, they're designed to go initiate to just you know, they're the, in the old, olden days, it was like the traditional leaders, like yeah. this is what we're doing. Get stuff done. Get stuff done. Yeah. But they're not yeah. necessarily designed to do all the work. Right. Yeah. But they're the ones who have the urges, like this is what needs to happen. We're going to do this. And then their strategy is to inform others so that other people can get on the train mm. if they want to. It's like, they're the train driver and they're going to go, but it's like, you know, they need to have people on that train as well. Not always. It might be a small thing that they're doing, but for bigger things, they definitely want people in the team and people on the project and people on the train but if they don't tell anyone then that can lead to you know issues and the biggest issue for them not informing and not telling is and living out of alignment is they they feel anger and so that can come from not telling anyone and then people not you know being on board with it or whatever or they often get brought up 
that it's not safe to tell people what they want to do because people are like oh no don't do that or that's a silly idea or and so they start to people please Mm. and diminish their message or diminish who they are or make themselves a bit smaller and so that that sensation of becoming smaller or people pleasing can lead to anger and I actually seen a lot of my chiropractic clients who are manifestors that that anger often shows up actually as anxiety mm. and it often I see it get stuck very much in the chest or in the solar plaque like in the body and they can you know almost have physical pain from the anger being stuck wow. in their body yeah but then the the when they are in alignment they can have a deep sense of peace right Mm, yeah and then for a reflector they're designed to be literally um waiting for they're actually lunar beings rather than solar beings and what does that mean it just means yeah it's a whole big thing they're governed by the lunar cycle so when they're going to do anything they're designed to actually wait a lunar cycle which is 28 days which is crazy yeah those of us who are less patient right but just because everything in the in who we are, what's being activated inside of them is being affected by the different energies throughout the month. So when they uh, potentially make a decision or go into action too quickly, they can end up being what we call disappointed. Mm -hmm. So that can be their, um, their guiding emotion. Whereas when they are living in alignment and the big thing for them as well is to not box themselves into one way of being one identity because they are again reflecting the environment and the people they're around so it's a bit more chameleonic right so they'll Mm. be they can be very different depending on where they are and what environment they're in and it's very important for them that they are listening to how they feel in themselves and if they don't feel good in an environment around certain people then they leave that group or they leave that environment but when they are listening to that and flowing with that and allowing themselves the time that they need to make decisions and take action then they have this wonderful guidance of being surprised Mm. and so the surprise is things can just be different and all the time for them all the way through life because they have much less what we call definition in their chart and definition is when you look at your chart on that website it's all the colored areas anything that's colored in is definition and that's really at our core what we're putting out into the world who we really are like what's Betsy Mm -hmm. underneath it all and then all the white areas are the areas where we're intuiting and taking in receiving things from the world around us which can be amazing and allow us to be super wise about, let's say it's an emotional center, but on the other hand can end up being the area where we get the most conditioned and we're the most vulnerable. I just to say, I have mostly white centers. I have very few defined centers. So yeah, it's all about being intuitive, but recognizing how much conditioning I have taken on from say a super religious upbringing or, you know, family stuff. So if this sounds familiar to people, definitely head to the website. I will put in the show notes. Okay, great. Find out what you are. Also, Sophie offers readings. So if anybody's interested, her information will also be in the show notes. Yeah, it's super interesting. And also as we head out of a really weird year and into, some of you may know, the age of Aquarius is dawning. We're entering a new era as humanity, if you're into this stuff. It is so important to be aligned. And what you're talking about is it's physical alignment, it's energetic alignment. And of course there's emotional and there's just how you live your life and who's around you and what's around you and what conditioning you accept or shed. And it's 
it's just a really interesting approach because you've got these two things, very physical, very sciencey, and then also human design, which is also based in a lot of really interesting systems. So yeah, it's a it's a more holistic approach to being human, right? Isn't it? Right. And the one thing I've been loving because for a long time. I was keeping those two things very separate. And then maybe before we move on to, we should just say that human design is based on astrology, the I Ching, the Kabbalah, the chakra energy system, quantum physics, and our genetics, just so everyone has that um, overview. But when I then started to really bring them together, which I'm still in the process of bringing them together more and more, I'm really intrigued and loving learning and looking at the patterns of people of like, okay, well, these are the people who are much more anxious. And so then when we can start to shine the light on that for someone, that discomfort of being anxious and thinking there's something wrong with them can suddenly become, oh, well, actually, hang on. I now understand this thing about myself and I can have see this in a whole different light. And that discomfort can completely shift and maybe it's not something always coming from let's say a nervous system that's out of balance and working in fight or flight all of the time yeah maybe it's coming from the energetic side of things so bringing those two things together is really well I'm loving it it's awesome so you work with people as a chiropractor and as a human design guy so you get to see this alignment happening in people what does that look like you know, who can you sort of talk about anonymously or they'd be okay with it to be like, this is what shifted for people. This is what living right. in true alignment in all the ways looks like. Right. So um, one of my ladies that comes to mind, she came to me with, you know, years of uh, migraines, actually, similar story to me, really awful migraines. Her sleep's been terrible, all of this kind of a lot, a lot, a lot of anxiety, huge stresses at work. She actually wasn't even working at the time. She was on, um, I don't even know the English word anymore. (laughs) She was on sick leave, leave, right? Through the chiropractic care, her migraines completely like cleared up. And she was then maybe having like a little bit of headache with huge stresses, but then her sleep still been not good at all. And this was when, this was a while back when I started thinking I'm going to combine the two. So we looked up her design and we found that she's a manifester. Mm. Yeah. And so there's a very specific way that manifestors are designed to prepare themselves for sleep or any non-sacral beings, you know, to really need to lie still flat, like essentially like empty out all the energies that they've picked up from the day around them. Um, And she was having an awful lot of anxiety as well. So as soon as we brought this attention to the fact that she's a manifester and that there's these different guiding emotions and different things that she's designed to do, she's been able to, first of all, she was like, wow, I resonate. Once she started reading, she was like, I resonate with this Mm. so much. Mm. And then she's been able to slowly, slowly get herself into alignment with my guidance and her own research as well. And those other things are really shifting and changing because we know her nervous system was working really well, right? But her, her sleep patterning wasn't changing and her anxiety was changing, but not completely. Mm. So this for me is also there's another layer there's another layer but in the past I would be frustrated with and why can I why is this not shifting whereas now from like a professional point of view I feel much more able to holistically help someone but from like for example that lady's point of view 
this has now started her, like she's way more in alignment than she ever was physically and energetically, but she's just at the beginning of her discovery journey with her human design. Like it's, it's a, it's a process. It's not something you just have one reading and then you're like, Oh, I've nailed it. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm several years into my journey and it is a process like, and it's constant coming back to the basics and back to reminding myself and almost slipping back into old conditioning or patterns and you're like, oh, no, no, hang on this time I've caught it quicker you know yeah. but yeah so that she's a great example and I'm really excited for for her what is the value of discomfort and when is it valuable discomfort and when is it discomfort that we should seek to address because it's actually a sign that something's wrong I think this takes us full circle back around to what we were talking at the beginning and for me the value of discomfort is that it brings our attention to something now either that has been that that discomfort has been chronically there and therefore we know that something is not okay and really does need addressing now whether that's me for example being exhausted um after you know creating quote unquote my dream life and then being like well why do i feel so crappy Mm -hmm or me having migraines and headaches chronically, as an example, those are long-term discomforts that finally got so uncomfortable that I, I sought a solution. Now that I'm able to live more in alignment, I don't think, you know, I personally don't think we're ever like, oh my God, every, everything's perfectly aligned, but, you know, more and more aligned. The short-term quick bursts of discomfort are very valuable because now what they are teaching and showing me, for example, is where I'm potentially about to fall out of alignment again, or where I'm going back to old comfortable in air quote patterns, but actually those comfort comfortable patterns were the ones that created the discomfort in the first place. I feel like this is a perfect moment to sum it up and, and just sort of leave people with that of the idea that discomfort is here for a reason. Whenever we experience discomfort, there's a reason for it. And it's either to look if we've, we should have noticed discomfort long ago or to do something about it, or to maybe question what got us there that's our comfort zone. <laughs> so that speaks to sometimes our comfort zone cannot can be a bad thing. It can be the thing that got us to discomfort. Absolutely. Ah, uh, We could do this for a long time. And I think we will probably have to have another episode together when maybe we do a round table with a bunch of different human design types. Yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah. So Sophie Anderson, ladies and gentlemen, I will leave her information in the show notes. You can get in touch with her as a human design reader. You can check out her, her clinic here in Barcelona. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your wisdom and ongoing wisdom. I look forward to more coffee and cinnamon buns and human design chat. Well, thanks for having me, Betsy. Great to chat. Thanks for getting uncomfortable with me. If you enjoyed this podcast, leave me a review wherever you listen to podcasts and head over to the Discomfort Practice Patreon page. For the cost of a cup of coffee once a month, you can become a contributor and help us to produce this podcast and reach new people with the idea that discomfort is just the edge of change, the edge of our superpowers and the edge of changing the world for the better. Thanks to my wonderful team who helped me produce this podcast, to Thomas Sheffer for the original music, Katrina Affleck for the original artwork, and to my co-producer Spencer Rausch. Let's all stay uncomfortable.